gentlemen welcome to rise up here on lfa tv this is episode number 155 and uh wow so much has happened from episode one until now so much growth so much pain suffering mercy grace joy peace life-changing events life-changing shows But one thing is for sure, we're all human. And when you're human, everything changes every minute of every hour of every day. God remains the same. God's word doesn't change. Jesus' promises do not change. Jesus' teachings do not change. We change. Every hour of every day, or at least things in our life change our circumstances, and we have to respond to them in a grounded, biblical, Christian-like way. And that, 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 that's the hard part. We all wish we could be perfect. We all wish we said the right things when we were angry. We all wish we said and did the right things when we were pressed up against time or stressful decisions. And when we are at our best is when we can include God before we say things or do things. That's when we are at our best. When we are at our worst is when we rely on ourselves to deal with decisions, problems, situations, crises, blessings. And T. Mitchell said it correctly. Perfection was crucified. 
because we can't be. So today, I titled this show, Losing Your Friends. And the reason why I titled the show that today is because, let me just read for you the description in case you've not read it. How many of you lost friends when you, quote, came out as a Trump supporter? I'd like to know in the comment, in the, in the live chat, how many of you lost friends when your friends and your family knew that you were going to unequivocally, unapologetically vote for Donald Trump? Raise your hand. I did. I did. I lost a lot of friends, especially in the music business. I probably lost a hundred, well, I wouldn't say friends. I lost probably a hundred associates, but probably good 10 to 15, 20 friends. That's for sure. But all of that is only temporary. That is called anger and spite that people decided not to be your friend when you said you were for Trump. However, when you choose a life with Christ, you may lose every single friend you ever had. That happens to almost everyone who wants a relationship with God. They will call you a hypocrite when you sin. They will mock your God and your new chosen way of life. And they will say that you have changed and you are not the person that you once were. And guess what? They are right. They are right when they say that you have changed. You have changed to a completely different person. Your old person died And you were reborn, and most of your friends will never accept that. And they will equate it to anything they possibly can, including your choice to follow Christ, about why you've changed, how you've changed. They don't want, when you, when you get back to being you, then you get back to them. How many of you have experienced that? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I experienced that this morning with a 30-year friendship. Literally 30 minutes before I got on this show. And I said to Eli, can I ever just come to work and just work? Or am I always, always, always going to be bogged down with crap I shouldn't be bogged down with. And then I realized. Then I realized. Becoming a Christian. Following God. Doing the things that you believe are right. For you. For the people around you. For your family. You will always be persecuted for that. So as I sit here 30 minutes from the moment that I more than likely just lost a 30-year friendship, it is not easy for me to sit here today and do this show. As a matter of fact, every bit of me, my flesh, 
said, go home. Tell everybody you can't do the shows today. Figure it out. Grieve. Deal with it. Mourn. Whatever it is you got to do. And I came that close, actually. Came that close. Then I realized that's exactly what the devil would want. That is exactly what the devil would want. And that's why he caused a rift that he caused today. Merely because I do this. Think about that. Yes, Pearl, it is my friend Jim. Yes, it is. Merely because I do all of this. And it got so bad during the conversation that in order to reconcile the friendship at this point, he would have to be fully open to understanding who Jesus is and he would have to repent for the things that he said today and then apologize to me for what he said today. Men are men, right? Men are not women. If we get into a fight, we get into a fight. Me and Eli have gotten into many fights, called each other names. It is what it is. That's not what I'm talking about. I can take a punch on the, in, in, on the chin all day, every day, kind of like Captain America, right? I could do this all day. I could do that all day. You could throw me in prison. You could beat me. You can shock me. You can, whatever you need to do, I'm fine with all that. But when you challenge my relationship with Christ by pulling out little things here and there, calling me a hypocrite, saying that I am nothing like a Christian, even though he doesn't even know anything like a Christian is, and that my ego is too big, and all I care about is this now. I don't care about anything else. You're a piece of, you know what, blah, blah, blah. 30 years, and that's what you're going to say. So I I I took some deep breaths, and I said, do the show. Don't go home. Don't cry. Don't find a safe place. Pray, forgive him, and move on. CQ says, was he really a friend? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how can you be friends 30 years and have it not be a friend? You know what I mean? Like, we've been through the thick and thin together. Our parents were drug addicts together. You know what I mean? But it's not easy, I can tell you that. It's not easy. Matter of fact, I'll tell you how not easy it is. At my wedding... I had two best men, not just one, because I could not say this is my best man when I was lucky enough and blessed enough to have two best friends. So I had two best men at my wedding. Why? Because it's my wedding and I can do that, right? Never in my life have I had more things together in my life than I do right now. And I'm reminded of the Bible. What does the Bible tell us about what, you will, ha- what will happen to you and your circle of friends when you become a follower of Jesus of Nazareth? 
Bible tells you you're going to lose them. Tells you that. Hey, Eli. Oh, he's on the phone. Kristen, I said that to Eli right before the show. I said that to Eli right before the show. Same exact words. Even Jesus had a Judas, W. Wilson says. So am I sad? Yeah, kind of. Am I mad? Eh, a little bit. Not much. I'm disappointed. Like literally, I've never had more things in my life together than I have right now. And I'm not even talking about with like money or anything like that. I'm just talking about with peace and, and, and joy and, 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 and a sense to help other people. And so for that to come at this point, because I do all this, kind of hard pill to swallow. But the Bible said it would happen. He is afraid of him judging, you judging him maybe. I hope he finds his way. I don't judge him. I don't judge him like that at all, ever. I only show him love from God's word when we talk about it. So anyway, this is a lesson for all of you. Thank you, Grammy love. This is a, this is a, uh, it's a lesson for all of you. If you've not lost them yet, and I would imagine most of you have. Walking with Christ, there are consequences. And that means you will remove yourself from this earth. And all of those who are of this earth and love this earth cannot go on a journey with you. They cannot even be your friend. Now, they can be your acquaintance. But they cannot be your friend. And he's equating me saying that I have the answers to all these things that I had questions for in my life. He's taking that as an ego. Oh, your ego. You seem to just have the answers for everything. You know everything, right? Your way is the right way. No, my way is not the right way. Jesus' way is the right way. Well, you're a hypocrite. You said this once and you sinned here. Then Yes, I did. Clearly, you don't know anything about Christianity. Christians are supposed to be humble. You were not humble in this conversation. Maybe not. Maybe so. You will lose friends. You will lose family. Spirit cannot have a relationship with worldly, loving flesh. It can't. It's not possible. If you've got a friend or a family member who is of this world, loves this world, and 100% about flesh and has no idea about what God and Christ has done for us, you cannot be that person's friend. Not if you're going to be in the spirit. It is not possible. Now, that's not to say that you don't talk to them. That's not to say that you don't acknowledge them. That's not to say that you're not there for them. But I'm talking about friendship. What is friendship? What is friendship? Friendship is a close union. The Bible talks about friendship. The Bible actually talks about how important friendship is. 
But the Bible also says that you cannot be friends if you are in the spirit with lovers of this world, not close friends. You're going to lose them. And I say, whether it's one year or 30 years, what's the difference? Forgive him and just continue to pray for him. That's exactly what I'm going to do. And when I told him that, when I say I'll pray for you, he's like, don't give me your Christianity crap, you're a hypocrite, blah, blah, blah. You know how, you know how it goes, right? The important thing is, is that when we have this happen, we can put a smile on our face and we can move on. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. In Jesus' name, Father God, we thank you so very much for giving us the opportunity to have the ultimate friendship, and that is with Jesus Christ. You gave up your only son so that we could be friends. That's what friendship is. That's what we thank you for. That's what all glory goes to you for. All things work for the good from God. Lord, we pray for those who love this world so much that it is impossible for them to see. We pray that someday they will see and we will be there for them when they do. Lord, we ask that you have them reach out to us when they do. And we will be there for them. Lord, you promised us that we would lose friends, family members, close, close people of the flesh by following Jesus Christ. And your promise in my life has come true today. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your guidance. And thank you for the answers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It's not easy, but guess what? You want to know what is easy? Not following Christ. Not following Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's easy. Following Jesus Christ of Nazareth is easy in the spirit, but hard on the flesh. Go to one minute prayer for dads. That's right. That's right. It's the narrow path. They call it that for a reason because most will not walk on it. Now, again, I looking back at the conversation now, there are things that I should not have said. There's things I shouldn't say all the time. Look at Miami. Then I realized that's the flesh. So then I quickly came back to the spirit and just said, basically, have a good day. Larry, you hit the nail on the head even more than CQ did. The path is like a balance beam. The path is like a balance beam. It is that narrow. Angel, I never say the Lord's Prayer and the Rise Up. The Lord's Prayer is on live from America. Rise Up, we just pray and talk to God, talk to our Father. Many, many years ago, Mary says, my brother told me that I am so tense, 
He was complimenting me. He was just like me in different ways, though. Good morning, Cat. How are you? We'll be praying for your pet. We'll be praying for your pet at the vets today. Jeremy, Miami was righteous anger. Well, you're right, uh, Susie. It was righteous anger, but it wasn't directed correctly. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to work on, you know? I want to go to page 86 of One Minute Prayer for Dads. I'm on that beam right now. Bama Lady says, Rumble was quick to respond. Avoid my Rumble rant error Friday. So here's another $100. Spend where needed. God bless you. Thank you for that, Bama. Meemaw, does he watch your show? No. Never has, never will. He doesn't have time for politics and faith. Or politics and religion, as he calls it. Is what it is. I told him when he wakes up one day and realizes about the big mistake that he just made, I'll be there. That was pretty much one of the last things I said to him other than, thanks, see ya. I'm not going to let it drag me down like the devil wants it to have happen. And I told Eli that right before the show. I said, you realize, Eli sees it. Eli knows. He knows that every day I come in here, the devil is literally shooting missiles at me. Not arrows. Missiles. Even he's like, I don't understand, dude. How can so many problems come your way every day that are not of your doing? I said, you get it. We know where it's coming from. We know where it's coming from. And what I say to that is simply this. Well, I say, not today, Satan. Not today. Division is a tool used to cause disruption and anger. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. 86, called contentedness. I was never content in my life. You ask any one of the people that I dated, my mother of my first two children, they would say, you are just not content. And I would look at him and go, you're right, I'm not, and I never will be. (laughs) Ha! How ignorant I was, because now I'm very content. So contentedness. From page 86, reading from 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10. That's 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy, chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. Godliness without contentment, or excuse me, godliness with contentment is a great gain for me. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of this world. But if you have but if we have food and clothing with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmless desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. I want to stop right there. 
my friend, or ex-friend, or whatever you want to call it, is of the assumption that I'm doing this to be rich. He, not knowing that I took a pay cut. <laughs> I mean, he knew that, but he doesn't get it. That I took a pay cut to do this job. Now I've given myself a raise since that dramatic cut in half paycheck, but I'm not making what I was personally, my family, when I was working in IT. So I just don't know how that could be. And now we help more people than I've ever helped in my life monetarily. Not that I wanted to say that to say, oh, look at me, now I help people. But I'm just like, you see how lost some people are when they're in the flesh? They're not in the spirit. They don't want to take the time to understand exactly who you are now, what makes Jeremy, Jeremy, what drives you. Purple snowflakes, you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Jeremy, he sounds jealous of your richness in faith. I think that's what it is. And the fact that I will not waver when it comes to LFA, that means the company, the network, my job, my duty, my promise to all of you and to God. It's almost like my father who did not understand when I told him that Jesus was more important to me than my children and he was like mad at me. He was like, how dare you say that? How could you say that? Take it back. And I said, dad, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You, you mean to tell me that you think that I should love my kids more than I love Jesus? Yes, he says. So my father and my friend of 30 years in the same week, I'm having divisions with because of who I am today. Think of that. Because of who I am today. They had no problem loving me and being friends with me and doing everything with me when I was not a godly person. But now because my priorities have changed, and because my schedule has changed to accommodate my priorities and my promises, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? I'll tell you what I say. Have a great life. I'll be here when you see the error of your ways. And boy, that's like a criticism. That's like a shot, right? That's how they take it. When I see the error of my ways, see, you're an egotistical blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. Facts are facts. Feelings are feelings. Truth is truth and lies are lies. I'm spitting facts and truth. I don't know what to tell you. Where were the 12 disciples when Jesus was being crucified? Where were they? Matter of fact, the one who was there in the beginning 
was the one who was there at the end, Mary Magdalene. Where were the disciples when Jesus was murdered and tortured and crucified? His supposed best friends, where were they? He preached to thousands. He fed thousands with nothing but God's promise. Everybody wanted a piece of Jesus when he was healing and feeding. They laid down the palm trees, the palm leaves for him, didn't they? Mary, his mother, Mary Magdalene, and John. Where were the rest? Everybody wanted a piece of Jesus until nobody wanted a piece of Jesus. I have dedicated the rest of my earthly, fleshly life to what I'm doing every day right now. And that will never change. And not because I want to do this. Trust me, I would love to have a 9 to 5 job where I'm home at 5.30 every night. I'm not working late into the 10, 12, 11, 12 o'clock hours of the night. And I'm not working on weekends. And I'm not traveling to Trump rallies. Driving nine hours, flying six hours. Oh, I would love it. Trust me. But I've made a promise. Because it's where I'm supposed to be. And I know that. As the old saying goes, you can't take it with you. Good dads resist following the love of money. Money can't turn out happy and well-adjusted, God-serving kids, but you can. You can. If you make having emotionally and spiritually rich kids your goal, not having a hefty bank account or doing it for that reason. Now, if you get a hefty bank account in the process, then do right with it. If God blesses you with money, then do right with it. Let God trust you with the blessings he gives you. If God's going to give you money, it's not a sin to have money. The only reason Jesus told the rich young ruler that verily, verily, I say to you, it's easier for a man, a rich man to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for him to go to heaven. He wasn't talking about a rich man. He was talking about the love of the money that the rich man had. Lord, I hold out of my empty hands and ask you to fill them. 
I have nothing that has not come from you first. I have nothing that will follow me out of this world. Because of this, I am content in pursuing godliness and obtaining great gain. Father, I focus in eternity, on eternity, and the one thing that can follow me there, godly kids who love and serve you. That's the, most, that's the richest you could ever be, right there. As a parent, that's the richest you could ever be. There's nothing more important to me than that my children follow you. And with this, I am content. If I lose my best friends, if I lose my wife, if I lose my children, if I lose whatever we've built here, I'm still rich and I'm content. I'm not perfect. I get angry. I say stupid things sometimes. I put people in their place when I think they need it, as well as I hope they put me in my place when I feel I need it or when God says, hey, time to be put in your place. But I am not going to allow cancer in my life. Not going to happen. I'm not going to allow cancer in my life, cancer equaling the devil, and I'm not going to allow it in this company either. I don't care who it is. If Eli comes to work tomorrow and he all of a sudden has this massive cancerous-like attitude and he starts downing Christianity or whatever it is or or challenging my faith in Christ, I'm going to say it's been nice having you work here, my brother. Have a good day. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. I have zero time and patience for the devil or cancerous people. I just don't. Now, I stopped calling people incompetent I promised you I would do that two weeks ago, and I have not done it since. I do not sit here and say, this person's incompetent, that person's incompetent. Get out of my life, you incompetent loser. I don't do that anymore. I just say, see ya. Like Toby on the office. See ya. He's out of here, Eli. He's out of here. See ya. Toby. (laughs) I don't. I'm not going to get worked up anymore. I'm content where I am. I know where I am. And the reason why I'm talking <clears throat> Mark Murdo looks like they're new here. Your anger is too off base. Don't know what that means. Glad you're here though. The reason why I'm talking so much about this today, A, it happened 30 minutes before the show. But B, because I know a lot of you are going through the same thing. I know a lot of you are going through the same exact scenario, situation today where somebody in your life, a family member, a close friend does not want to give you the time of day because you follow Christ. And by the way, uh, Mark, if you're new here and you think that's anger, (laughs) stay here for a month. (laughs) Watch LFA at 11 o'clock today. Anger comes out sometimes there. (laughs) 
Mark says, you still worked up. Calm down. It rains on the just and the unjust alike. Amen. Amen. Worked up is what we do here. We're not milk toast softies here. Just like Jesus wasn't. Let's move on. Actually, you know, let's go to a video. It sounds to me like you had a lot of respect for Jim and you were looking for validation to your path. No, actually, not at all. I, don't, I didn't care if he validated or not. He's been my friend for all these years, for the last seven years of being a Christian. He took attacks at my faith. That's where you draw the line. That's basically slapping God in the face. I don't put up with that stuff. Never ha- I haven't in seven years, and I won't today. And I won't today. I want to play a video for you. I want to play two videos for you, actually. So let's go to those now. I think this was a very well-explained video, and I saved this for you after I watched it this morning before all this craziness happened. Here we go. Jesus lives 33 years perfectly. I can't go 33 seconds. Through sickness, through pain, through anxiety, through depression, through temptation, he never sins. He endures it all perfectly. He was not just a godly man. He was God in the flesh. He was not just a good teacher. He was the apotheosis of knowledge, never needing mercy or grace or forgiveness. He gave mercy, gave grace, gave forgiveness. And then with his perfect self, he climbs on a cross. And on that cross, he takes on that bitter cup that had your name on it. He writes his name over yours. He drinks that cup and finds the bottom in three hours. Flips that cup over and says, it is finished. The debt that I owe to God for all that I have done, the debt that you were going to pay through separation from God, Jesus cuts the check with his life and the memo says, paid in full. Jesus lives 33 years perfectly. I can't go 33 seconds. Jesus went 33 years living a life of no sin, and I can't go 33 seconds, that man said. That is why when I see non-Christians trying to tell self-proclaimed Christians what it's like to be a Christian and they call you a hypocrite for sinning, but you know that you can't go 33 seconds without sinning does not make you not a follower of Christ. As a matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. If we, it's funny because the non-Christians will call the Christians hypocrites not knowing that they don't even know what the word hypocrite means if they're using it in that sense. Because if we didn't sin, we wouldn't need Jesus in the first place. Get it? So mind-blowing how lost so many people are. It really is. I've got another video I want to show you from, uh, from Cliff Netchel. CQ, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it ever hated you, said the Lord. Amen. Amen. So this is a verse. uh, This is a video from Cliff Netchel. Now, uh, I like Cliff's videos. He does it on college campuses, which I think there's a huge need for that, by the way. 
So this is uh, one of his latest videos where he's on a college campus and this co- college student says, Jesus offends me when you're here talking about it. Jesus offends me, she says. Listen to how he answers her. Pretty incredible. But do you understand how it might make some people feel like you're saying that? Oh, no doubt about it. We live in a culture where when President Trump won the election a few years ago, college students went to crying chambers for counseling. When my dad was 18 years old, he sat up on a mountain in Switzerland and looked at Hitler's panzer divisions about to storm into Switzerland. Fortunately for my dad, they didn't. All right. So there is a big cultural change from 18 year olds getting ready to go fight in World War II versus a culture where college students are saying, please help me. I'm emotionally falling apart because Donald Trump won the election. There's a big difference. So yes, I can understand why people will say, Cliff, you standing out here saying, Jesus Christ is the truth, hurts me, it offends me. So yeah, I understand that. Do you understand how it might make some people feel like you're Lost. That girl is as lost as my friend. And like I said, the amount of friendships and family members that you lose a relationship with being a Trump supporter is nothing. Nothing. A percentage point of how real it is when you follow Jesus Christ of Nazareth. TDS is real, says Bad Moon. Oh, it's real. It is real. So as you guys know, I, I, I you know, I, when I'm doing my morning devotionals and stuff like that, I, um, I find these videos and I save them for you because I think you'll find them, you know, like I do. I think you'll find them helpful for whatever reason. It might help, it might help somebody, in different, somebody in a different way than it helps somebody else, right? You never know how God's word is going to be perceived by somebody, but it says something different to everybody. Bruce says, I've lost almost everything, but I found Jesus yesterday. Bruce, are you saying that you just found Jesus yesterday for the first time? Or that you found him again yesterday after you lost so much? Peg says the friends we find the friend we find in Jesus become family. They are not friends like we have in the world. That's right. The friends we find in Jesus. Oh, that's right. That's right. Bruce says again. Well, Bruce, praise God. All glory to heaven. You fell off the path. You came back just yesterday. Welcome home, my friend. Let me give you a hug. That's me giving you a virtual hug. And guess what? That's the same thing I'm going to do to my friend if and when he ever comes back and realizes what he did. Can lead a horse to water, right? Raising kids right. 
give you gifts? To give him glory. Why did God give you wisdom? To lead his... Oh, I apologize. Let's start that back over because it was muted when we first started. Let's start that back over. All right. Now, here we go again. Joy? What? In this house? We serve the Lord. Why did God give you gifts? To give him glory. Why did God give you wisdom? To lead his people. Why did God give you character? To reflect his image. Why did God give you courage? To stand for truth. And why did God make you beautiful? To look like mommy. What do you have to say to the people? Thank you. Sure. Will enjoy. That's raising kids the right way. The foundation that that little girl has will never, ever go away. That foundation is there forever till she dies. She's always got something to go back to. She's always got that rock to stand on. Always. It's the reason... See, this is how God worked in my life. God said, bring your kids to church. Give them a solid foundation of good morals, even if you don't believe in God, and let them make their mind up when they're 18. After all, you're not sure yourself. So why not do it and have some kind of a foundation for your kids? That's how we became Christians. God used our children and used us to take them to church for the better of their lives that's how we became Christians God said come to my house let me speak to you God said bring your children to my house let me host you God said come over to my place let me speak the word of God into your ears so that you cannot avoid my commands for you and my purpose for your life anymore. It's getting too late. You're needed now. God used the blessing of the children that we decided not to abort and in doing so, saved a family of seven. That's the power of God. And if God can do that for me, he can do it for my friend, he can do it for your friends, he can do it for your family, he can do it for everyone around you, but you must remain steadfast. You must shine with that light of the Lord no matter what. You cannot waver for them. You cannot stop so they can catch up. They must run into the arms of God full speed. Today's going to be a heavy day for me because of all this. I'm going to give those bricks that are stacking in my backpack since early this morning, and I'm going to take them each out one at a time. There you go, Jesus. There you go, Jesus. And here's a couple more. There you go. I don't want them anymore. But what we will do, no matter what, is we will always forgive. Philippians 3, 
13. Brothers and sisters, I know that I have not yet reached that goal, but there is one thing I always do, forgetting the past and straining toward what is ahead. Sometimes a bad memory can be a real blessing. Too many times I go back to the past when I get in a, in a conflict, whether it be with my wife, coworkers, my children, my friends, even a fellow Christian. I need to let go of the past and start anew with each situation. But that seems to be one of the few times that I have the memory of an elephant. This is when I need to follow the lead of the Heavenly Father. I want him to be able to forgive me for all of the sins that I commit and forget all the mistakes. I constantly make. Yet when someone else makes a mistake, especially if it's directed towards me, the first thing I do is drag up the past and make sure I shove it right in their faces. God doesn't want us to do that. All I have to do is pray to him and simply ask for forgiveness. And he gives it to me because Jesus already took care of that debt. So bring on a memory lapse today. Now I just want to talk to you guys for a minute. Trying to figure out what to say here to end the show. I mean, the right way to say it, I guess. Not what to say. I guess I'll finish with this on this episode number 155. Trust in the promises of God and the teachings of Jesus. Trust in what they tell you that you need to do to live a peaceful and joyful life. Nobody on this planet can tell you how to do that. Nobody on this planet can make you do that. Trust in him and you'll never be let down. And when you are let down and when you are disappointed with earthly things, You run to the one that you know that will not disappoint you. Not only will he comfort you, hug you, hold you, and give you some kind of a, you know, sense of warmth, but he'll also tell you what you need to do next. He'll also tell you what you need to do next. And that's what we'll be praying for today. I want to thank all you people that uh, joined in today. We had uh, over 1,600 people watching for a lot of it. I love you all so very much. And as long as I've got God first, my family second, and all of you here third, I am a very content and happy man. So I'm going to take you out the same way I brought you in with some Brandon Lake and Chandlin Moore. Fear is not my future. That's the name of the song. Fear is not my future. I love you guys. God bless you. Sean Farish comes up next. And then, of course, live from America with yours truly where I get a little bit more angry. I'll see you then, guys. Have a great, great morning. Enjoy the rest of your Rise Up coffee, too. Cause he's not done with what he started.
not done until it's good. So hello, peace. Hello, joy. Hello, love. Hello, strength. Hello, hope. It's a new horizon. Hello.